Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Roz. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 55. And today we are joined by Miss Roz Thornton, who is based in London. Roz in London. Hello, Roz. Hello again. Hello. 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 How is everyone? How are you? I am wonderful. I'm wonderful. Good. Much better now that I'm speaking to you. <laughs> Roz right. is the founder and director of Amazing Women Global, a coaching and training company designed to positively impact the lives of women all over the world. And um, our dear Roz is an award-winning life coach, trainer, speaker, and property investor. And she uses her training and expertise, her training expertise to transform the confidence, careers, and financial situations of many women. Um, Roz is also the founder of the Amazing Women Awards, which she will tell us more about. Um, the first event was in 2017, and it was the first of its kind in the UK. And it's resulted in her becoming a bit of a superstar. She's been on TV <laughs> and radio and, um, and national newspapers. So, Roz, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, John. Yay. It's a real pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And there's so much, um, there's so much to you. There's so much um, <laughs> you know, to learn about you. You were brought up in a disempowered household with domestic violence. Yes. As an adult, you worked for 20 years in local government, supporting some of Britain's poorest communities. Mm -hmm. um, you say you were, I remember when you did your interview on the Secret Birds London website, you mentioned mm -hmm. you, you, had it, you, you, you had a lot of challenges as a single mom. There wasn't mm -hmm. always money. And mm -hmm. you just completely turned your life around in your own words. And yes. now you're just doing these amazing things. And mm -hmm. you are like just living breathing example of what it means to just be inspired and take a hold of your life and and make things happen you're amazing Roz thank you Joanne so are you for doing I'm, all of this as well I'm, I'm okay you know I'm <laughs> trying to get inspiration from you ladies oh, okay so, so um, yes. yeah, where do you want me to start? Well, um, the, the topic today that we're going to be discussing mm. is empowering women globally mm. and supporting yeah. women to excel in confidence, careers, finance and health. So before we jump into the topic, why don't you just mm. tell us a bit more about you and mm. like, you know, where you came from and, and, you know, how you got to where you are now? I think people yes. are curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one the first thing that I really do want to get across um, to a lot of women who will be probably listening to this podcast is the fact that it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's where you're going that matters and what you do with the challenges that, you, that you've had in life. Um, so me, myself, I was brought up in a, a, a very disempowered household where uh, there was a lot of domestic violence for the first 13 years of my life. Mm. And, so, and, and that is all I knew. So I actually thought, I actually grew up thinking it was okay for, for men to hit women. I just thought that that was normal. Um, so when I became an adult, I had to do a lot of work on myself. I had to do a lot of processing to actually change that mindset. Um, because as you probably know, Joanne, a lot of things that we learn as children up until the age of seven really gets embedded within our subconscious mind. Absolutely. And it yes. stays there. 
And yes. so when you get older and you start to have your own relationships. And it haunts you know, us. It haunts us. You bring all of that that baggage, you know, to, to, the, to, the, to the new relationships. And um, so what happened to me was I ended up, um, I was the first one in my family to go to university and, okay. um, you know, they were really very proud of me. So I, you know, packed my bags and went off to the big city in London. I'm from the north of England, a small town. Okay. And um, so I packed my bags and went off to the, to the south of England, uh, to London, to, you know, to sort of make a life for myself. Yeah. And um, I found myself um, attracting the wrong kind of guys and, and getting into, um, you know, getting into relationships with men who were like my father, basically. It's funny how we do that and you don't mm, realize you're doing that and you've got to unlearn a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know? I had to unlearn a lot of stuff yeah. and peel off a lot of layers. And, um, and, you know, and I appreciate that some people aren't ready to do that. Mm. And, and I appreciate that also it, the relationships between um, two adults, whether it's an abusive relationship or not, can be very, very complicated. Yeah. Um, and, and I will write a book on this one day about, you know. You should. You should. Uh, because some of the things that I observed as a child growing up, now that I'm an adult and I've got my own children, I think I should not have seen that. <laughs> yeah. But I think you know. it's also mm. testament to the fact that where, yeah. you, where you were then is it doesn't mean you have to stay there mm -hmm. like it, it's mm -hmm. okay i always say you know it's okay to be in a bad place mm -hmm. it's okay to have yeah. bad experiences but you don't want to stay there the stay key, there. The key yeah. is to try your best yeah. to move on and like you said you understand that not a, not mm -hmm. everyone's going to be not everyone's going to make it and not everyone's mm -hmm. going to get out and that's mm. a shame, but if you can get out of a situation like that, I think that's when mm. you become a powerhouse because exactly. you've, got, you've got so such a strong sense of, of like will and determination after mm. going through that that nothing mm. can get in your way, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things as well that I held for, for many years was the fact that there was a, um, a major incident at my house, which I've only just started talking about since my father died, um, three years ago, um, there was a major incident at my house, which was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back, um, and that led to the, uh, them getting divorced, which I carried a lot of guilt for many, many years about that, uh, mm. where I tried to get in between them uh, when they were fighting, and um, I ended up being thrown through a glass window, um, and I was hospitalised, and, and while I was in hospital, that was when my parents came to the agreement that they were going to divorce and stop all this nonsense. Yeah. And um, so I, as a child, again, I carried a lot of guilt um, with that mm. for many, many years. That I was the catalyst that caused the divorce, mm. even though it was a very dysfunctional relationship. So, so yeah, so, and, and again, that, that is something that I've only just, because uh, as an adult, you know, and I, I had to do a lot of work. And like I said, and there was a lot of forgiveness work done as well. Mm. And I ended up having a very, very good relationship with my father right up until the day he died. Oh, so, God, bless you. <clears throat> bless him. Because yeah. Some, some, some people mm. never get to have that healing process. No, no. And, and mm. the person dies and you don't have closure. And mm. I imagine that can be very difficult. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and so I think for me, it, it all, I decided not to talk about it. Um, because we had, we did have a very good relationship in the end. Um, but obviously since he's died, um, that's really, it's only in the last three years that I've actually started talking about that. 
Um, but Ross, did you did you mm. finally just start to see your dad as a broken man himself? Who yes, obviously had his his <coughs> issues. Mm, he had his own trauma when he was growing yes. up, or lack yes. of self love, or self hatred. Exactly, exactly. That caused and him they, to turn mm. against your mom in that way. Exactly. That way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you start to see them as as children. You start to see them as you know growing up and some of the things that they probably went through and you start to piece together you know i mean by the time they were 36 they had six children you know wow, wow. <laughs> i can't imagine um being a young person you know and and having all that responsibility then on another layer on top of that being being immigrants from a different country you know and all the pressures that came with you know all the prejudice and discrimination that they suffered yeah. as well yeah and as so, a man during that time mm, london mm. That must have, or, mm. or wherever, even in wherever in England, that must have been hard on him as well, trying to find well, a job. Yeah, or... I mean, yeah, I mean, they weren't even in London; they were in the north of England, so north. they wouldn't have had that level of support yes. from their own community either. They were surrounded by a completely different community. So, mm. you know, I can totally piece together and understand where some of the, you know, some of the breakdowns did happen for them. Um, but, but I think for me, my my ambition is to really maybe write a book one day that will help you should people, people who are going through maybe domestic violence or even children who have experienced a domestic violence as, as you know with their parents and, yeah. and how they can piece together some of their life and, and and do some of the work that i had to do but i tell you <laughs> you do really do have to dig a bit deep but how, um, how mm. what, what and i know you'll get into this mm. as, as we move mm. along the topic but mm. what kind of work does one do you know, what do mm. you do? How do you heal from trauma? Because like you said, you, you realize you start getting into relationships and you're attracting the mm. same kind of guys. So at what point do you realize I have a problem? I need help. I need to work on myself. And then what do you do? Yeah. So when you start to see the same patterns happening, so it's a different relationship, but it's the same pattern mm. and you're the only common denominator. And it could, this could apply to anything. It could apply to a job. It could, you know, it could apply to a relationship. Um, so when you see the same pattern, but you're the common denominator, then you start to think, well, actually, I need to start to do some soul searching within to mm. find out what is it within me that is attracting that situation. Yeah. And then from there, you may go back then to childhood and then piece together some of the things that you witnessed or some of the things that happened to you. And then you start to peel those layers off one by one. Yeah. Um, you then have to go back and do some forgiveness work with obviously the people that um were, had a, a part in in your trauma or suffering mm -hmm. when you were younger mm. and also i think the thing that helped me was perhaps having a spiritual belief as well mm. um so i think it's different for everyone um but for me what helped me was actually me somebody who was a life coach who, yes. who helped to turn you know, my well, life around and that's not for everyone you know i yeah i knew that therapy wouldn't work for me um mm -hmm. because you know, it, um, it, just, it just wasn't what I was about. For yeah. some people, they may want to go into therapy. For me, having a, a life coach was, was the best thing ever. Um, you know, and I loved it that much. I became one. So, yeah, uh, you know. Really, yeah. It's really about mm. finding what works for you, but having mm. that external person. You know, yeah. your spiritual guide, your, cho mm. your church, your guru, whoever. Yeah. It's just realizing that it's good to have someone that doesn't know mm. you, that's completely neutral, that's trained, 
that understands these kinds of things that can kind of guide you along. Because I think trying mm. to do it all on your own is yes. a is difficult task. And, then, and another thing that, that happened to me was I um, decided that I wanted to train as a massage therapist. Mm. And then, um, so then what was happening was I, I qualified as a massage therapist and I started to do massages on the side because I was working, but I was also um, starting to do massage therapy. And what I found was, that I would touch a certain part of somebody's body while I was doing the massage and then they'd start crying or they'd start talking wow. or, you know, they would, they would be in so much pain mm. um, and it would be such a light touch. And that was my first realization that there was such a big connection between mind and body. I didn't, I don't think I'd ever thought about it before. Mm. And then I realized how connected the mind and the body is and how the mind what, what's in the mind can be trapped in the body. And, yeah. and that's when I started to do further research on, on things like how you can hold trauma in your body and how you, know, and how you need to be able to um, disperse that. And you, you need to find, again, so for me, it was a combination of having someone to talk to, having a coach, having um, some body work done or some energy work. So I, ha I was having regular massages, I was having Reiki. Acupuncture. And having... Yeah, you know, those kind of things, because I do believe that the Eastern ways, you know, are, are always, are always going to be the best ways, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of their knowledge, you know, um, yeah, even things like reflexology, yeah, and the meridian yeah. lines, all of that sort of stuff. And I really started to look into all of this. So I felt that it was a combination for me. So it was like having some, a lot of um, body and energy work. Um, having a coach, so someone to talk to, but also having a spiritual belief as well. So it was like kind of like three things. Um, yeah, you know, what? and that's what helped me in my journey. I've started yeah. exploring things like somatic healing as well, and how yeah. when we when we experience pain in our bodies and mm. like or any well more sort of the the emotional pain, then we feel the physical pain and how that's connected, and like. You mm. see, holding trauma in your body and some people yes. for a lot of women we hold it in our womb mm -hmm. um, for some women they hold it in their backs it's just it's just an yeah. incredible uh kind of area that you can really get sucked into and energy mm. and all of that kind of stuff but i mm. like you i believe in it as well i know some people think it's woo woo but <laughs> i mm. believe in it and i think mm. i think it's real because mind body is all connected they're not they're yes. not separated they're, they're not, not they're not mm. you know three different pieces it's the mind the body spirit energy whatever mm. you want to call it yeah. yeah and if one yes. thing's off it affects the other thing yes so i think that's that was that was the realization for me because i i'd never even thought about any of this stuff before yeah um yeah. until i became a massage therapist and i realized the value in, in in body work um you know i could sit and have a conversation with someone and think things through logically but actually once you do the body work and the energy work, um, something else happens, <laughs> you know, a different um, element happens. And then, and then you know, you, you sort of get in touch with your own spirituality. And, I, and again, I would never say to anyone, you have to do this or you have to do that. They have to find their own spiritual path, whatever that means for them. Sure. And, um, but I think once you get those three things aligned, I think that things just start happening for you. And, and that's really what happened to me. So move forward. Um, once I started to really start think about um, the connection between mind, body and spirituality, that's when I was able to um, 
think about my actions, think about my words, think about how I presented myself to the outside world and try to be a bit more authentic. Because what was happening before was the Ros on the inside, which was perhaps a broken inner child, was very different to the roles that presented on the outside, which was all very bubbly, very lively, very confident, very talkative. Mm. Yeah. But actually not making much sense. <laughs> living, living, you know, in, to me? You know living um, in roles. And you know, that's mm. so powerful because just today we learned about Kate Spade who hung her, yes. you know, and everybody yeah. is like, oh, how does this happen to someone like her? Mm. And people need to realize that inside and outside don't yeah. always match yeah. you know yeah. and it's mm-hmm. and it's sometimes the people who come across as being a little too perfect and a little yes. put together exactly i'm very skeptical of that skeptical. i'm, not, I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that you know you can't have a, a nice lovely life of course you can and everyone's mm. deserving of mm. that but i personally am very skeptical of people who just look way too perfect because i know it's not real and i think <laughs> If you're, if you're constantly trying to present yourself in that way, it's like, mm. what, what else is mm. going on? And exactly what happened to her really struck me. I was talking to a really yeah. friend about it and I was like, you know, mm. it's, it's just a constant reminder of mm. the fact that so many of, of us are broken. So many of us are mm. suffering in silence and yeah. so many of us like ultimately don't find that peace until we, we, we take our own lives. And, yeah. you know, I just hope she's found peace wherever she is. You know, I believe in God, I believe in an afterworld, but mm. wherever she is, I just hope she's found peace. And it's, it's really sad that she, she felt like this was the only way mm. to go to get help. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the, the really sad thing. And, and, and like you were saying, so for me, my mission was to get, so this, so on the outside, I was very sort of bubbly and presentable and chatty and I was great fun. I was always invited to lots of parties. You know, I, I was always the party girl. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. on the inside, I never really felt like that. Mm. So there was a mismatch between how I felt on the inside and what I presented to the outside world. So my mission then became to, to be the same. So this, the roles that I presented to the outside world, I wanted to feel that on the, I genuinely feel that on the inside. Mm. And it was only through going through this process of working through the mind, body and spirit that I actually did come to that. And I can honestly say now that I do feel like that. You, you know? know, and mm. bless you, you know, that's mm. amazing that you can come, mm. you can come full circle. But like you said, it took a yeah. lot of work. It took it's a lot a, of work and probably took 10 years. Job. It, and it's a full yeah. job. And I think yeah. people, people sometimes they say, oh, to someone, you know, you look so peaceful, you look so happy. Mm. They don't realize there's a mm. lot of work that goes yes. into being yes. this person. There's a lot of saying no, you know, there's mm. a lot of, protecting yourself and protecting your energy and not getting involved in things. I think people don't realize that there's a lot that goes into becoming this person that you really want to be. And it's hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so for, for about 20 years, I, I worked with uh, some of Britain's poorest communities. And what I found mm. was that the women, mm. if you strengthen the women, you strengthen the community. You, of course. Because the women were the backbone of the community. Yeah. So I thought to myself very early on, I'm just going to focus on these strong women that are coming up. They're very vocal. Mm. They just need a bit of support. They needed support with confidence. Mm. They needed a bit of support with finances. And then eventually, when they got to the point where they were ready to have um, a career or set up a business for themselves, they needed support. You know, they needed some support with their careers. Mm. And I, what I found was once they got all those three things in a row, um, that was... That was, that was them set, really. Um, so 
it, my my job that I was doing, uh, I was working for local government, went from sort of being this all singing, all dancing thing to the whole of the community, to me just then focusing on women and then just focusing on those three things, their confidence, the, the, you know, giving them some support with finance um, and, and empower, help. financial empowerment and then help with their careers going forward, like in terms of getting them to really think about what they wanted to do and how what they were doing in the community could help them with their future career. Yeah. Confidence, so, mm. finance and health. And so careers. Those, and careers. Yeah. So those, mm. those are four things then. Confidence, careers, finance and health. And you believe yeah. once, once you helped women with those things, mm. that's when they yeah. start to yeah. really involve. So the health now covers... Mm -hmm. um, a whole, all the stuff that we've just talked about the mind, body and spirit it encompasses those three things mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. that's what, what I mean by health, I don't just mean the absence of disease, mm -hmm. I mean encompassing really being in connection with the mind, body and spirit, mm -hmm. and I think once you get those four things in order, then you, you've got a whole person <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then they're ready for a relationship. <laughs> yeah. And what when was the point that you realized you had yeah. changed and you were attracting better things, whether it was that that guy or that yeah. job? I, or, I think at what point did you realize that was happening? I don't think I realized until somebody actually told me that that's what I was doing. I was just doing it. I was just doing my thing. So I went through a number of years where I the, the, the turning point for me was when I got a letter through the door. It was a bailiff's letter saying, you know, you, you can't meet your, your mortgage payments and you're going to be evicted. And wow. that was a real wake up call for me because I just really wasn't keeping an eye on my finances. And I was a single mum back then. And um, even though I was working full time, um, I still couldn't make ends meet because nursery fees in, in London, as you know, are really high. Yes. And... Um, travel and all, all the other expenses I had and I just couldn't seem to make ends meet and then so when I got that eviction notice that was a real wake-up call for me and I thought well that's I've got to do something but I didn't know what to do so I just prayed I just prayed that something would happen that would change my life yeah um but it wasn't just any old prayer it was like a proper you know get down on my knees gut wrenching you have to help me you have to do something mm -hmm. the kind the kind of the yeah. kind of prayer your mother and your grandmother talk about like bow down yes yeah 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 and yeah. then um and then literally within a week i met somebody who just completely changed my life and really said, yeah literally yeah within a week. they just literally they just they just said to me write down everything you want to achieve in your life um and why and I was just absolutely baffled because I've never, so, never, I've never ever before thought mm. about what was what I was going to do the following year. Never mind what I was going to do the next day. You know, I was just living from literally day to day, week to week. I wasn't even thinking, oh, I should have a, like a one year plan or a five year plan or a ten year plan. And they just said to me, just write down everything you want to achieve in the next ten years and why you want to achieve it. So it was at that moment yeah. of of yeah. surrender, of yeah. total surrender. Yeah. Yeah. when um, you had your breakthrough, but you had to start yeah. first in order yeah. to get that. Mm. Yeah. And then, and, and then that led me on to a further path for discovery. And then um, I bought Fiona Harold's book, How to Be Your Own Life Coach. Um, again, I think that was divine intervention. I was in a bookshop and I just went to the, the shelf and literally that book just jumped out at me. And I just thought, 
oh, that looks interesting, I'll buy that. I read that book, um, I ended up writing to her and telling her how wonderful the book is and how it opened my eyes and how it opened my mind. She then wrote back to me and invited me to one of her workshops. Um, she gave me a CD for free. I mean, this woman was so generous and so kind. And at the time I was thinking, why is she being so nice? She's an international best-selling author. She's quite famous. <laughs> Yet she took the time to write a personal letter to me. You, you know, it wasn't signed by anyone else. Yeah, It yes. wasn't signed by anyone else. It was just, it was a handwritten letter sent to me from her with a free CD and um, an, an invitation for me to attend one of her workshops. And I just thought, and when I, I and every coach I met since then, I, they just seem to be at peace with themselves and they just seem to be really happy with their lives. And I thought, oh, there's something in this. Um, and then, you know, I, I just started to explore a little bit more and then I started to just think differently. And, I, and you know, I did, I did lots of different things, but the first thing that I did, the most immediate thing I did, was to move into my daughter's bedroom. And I think my daughter was about two at the time or three. Yeah. And I moved into her bedroom and I rented out my bedroom. Wow. And that's how it started. But I'd never even thought about anything like that before. Because I thought, well, she's two. She doesn't need her own room. You know, she can barely talk. Yeah. So um, I, I moved into my daughter's room. Um, I got twin beds. I moved into her room and I rented out my room. Mm. And that was the turning point. And suddenly I could make my payments. And that's, and, then, and now yeah. you're a property investor. You yeah. Property yeah. Investor. You're one uh, of the yeah. <laughs> who can maintain yeah. a life in London, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, so since then, and, and then I started to, I was like a sponge and I was just gathering all this information. And then, and then um, the uh, life coaches said to me, have you read Robert Kiyosaki's book? I read Robert Kiyosaki's book. I drank all the information in, and then suddenly I went to all these workshops and, I, and then I started to invest in property. You know, it, it was just a mad, mad time. So I didn't know that this is what It's only now I look back and I think, wow, I've done all the things that I was supposed to do, but I didn't know that. And yes. all the things on my 10 year plan, my list that I'd made originally, I'd mm. tick them all off. Mm. Um, wow. So I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. I never stopped to think. I just went through this mad phase for about 10 years where I was just going from workshop to workshop to workshop. And then I was just like investing. I mean, I didn't always make money. I lost money. I made money. You know, it, it was all sort of balanced out in the end, you know. Um, but and what it, about, what about love? Journey. What, what about love, Roz? Your love life? Yes. How, how, <laughs> talk about that. Because, well, funnily enough. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Funnily enough. Carry on, carry on. Funnily enough, that was number 10 on my list. <laughs> really? Yeah. That was the last thing on my list. And uh, yeah, last in 2000. Okay. Yeah, because I, I had all these things on the list. Uh, I wish I had the list in front of me now, but um, I had all these things on the list, like I want to buy. Um, a property abroad. I want to um, have property where I come from, which is the town where, where I was born, uh, up in the north of England, Doncaster. I wanted to have property in Doncaster. I wanted to have property abroad. I wanted to have another property in London. I wanted a nice house with a nice garden for my daughter. You know, I, I had all these ideas of things that I wanted. I wrote them all down. And then I wanted, um, I wanted to have another child. Um, you know, I wanted to get married. I wanted to work part-time. That was a big thing for me. 
I never ever wanted to work full time. Um, I just thought, no, full time work is not for me, not while I've got children. Um, I want to be in a position where I could work part time. So for me, um, all of those things had to go down on that list. Um, I wanted to be self employed, you know, it, it, but I never stopped to think, oh, am I tick and tick things off the list? I just did things. And it wasn't until literally my wedding day um, when one, one of the bridesmaids said to me, oh my God, you know, you're, you've got tears in your eyes. Are you, you know, are you feeling emotional because you're getting married? I said, no. I said, I'm feeling emotional because I've just realized that getting married was number 10 on my list of wow. things that I wanted in my life. <laughs> so, so talk us through the, the mm. love. So what happened? You went yeah. out and you met a guy and you like take us through that where you just out one you see you see what happens when you start to change and when you become fully aligned the universe conspires to find you someone and i know this sounds really crazy but mm. suddenly i became a different person yeah. you know i wasn't kind of like ros the one that you know is good fun at parties but nothing else um suddenly i was ros who was having deep conversations suddenly i was ros who could actually do massages as well as do her job um, suddenly I was Ros who was in, had an inquiring mind about spirituality and Eastern philosophies, you know, suddenly, you do know what I mean? And I was different. And then suddenly I was Ros who'd invested in a little property, you know, so suddenly I became a bit more interesting in terms of what I had to offer. Wow. And I think this is something as well that it's not just us looking at men, men are looking at us as well. And yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Who is she? Do you think? Do you mm. think it's about? Because I meet a lot of women, and they say, mm. "I don't attract men," or mm. "I don't attract the right men," or mm. "Guys don't talk to me." And do you think that's because it's about the energy level? It's it's yes. about because but guys are sitting there going, mm, "I don't know about her." Because I think mm. a lot of women don't realize that men mm. are watching, I, I, and mm. I think men are very picky. I think men are. Yeah. More Picky than women. They're very picky. And because They're, I feel like yeah. as women, we're not always sure, but I feel like when it comes mm. to guys, I think guys are extremely mm. picky about their yeah. life partners. And mm -hmm. they, I feel like they will just, you know, they, they scrutinize. They don't say mm. it. But they do, and they're always watching. Even when you think they're not, mm. they're always watching. You know, they're always watching. They're always watching. So, and it's not just about whether you've got your hair and nails done, or whether you know not. you're wearing the matching shoes not, with the handbag not, and all of that stuff. Not they're not interested in any of that stuff. That's not the relationship, please. No, not at all. Not what they and the the thing that men are interested in is your eyes and your smile. Mm. Okay. And, your, and your heart, no? Your and your heart. So, uh, yeah, but you see what's in your heart comes out yeah. through your eyes and your smile. But I feel like because of the world we live in, we live in mm -hmm. such a superficially driven world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so many of us as women believe that it's about the hair, the nails and the makeup. No one's denying that people are attracted to nice looking people. But ultimately, mm. it's how you make someone feel, you know? Exactly. And exactly. if you if you make if you make <laughs> someone feel like the most they're the most important person in in the in the world, whether it's a man mm. or a woman or whoever, they're gonna be attracted mm. to you. And that comes exactly. from that comes from something inside of you. And I guess mm. if, if that's not on, then you're always gonna be off <laughs> when it comes to. But guys. let me tell you something. All of us have that inside of us. All yeah. of us. We yeah. just have to unlock it. You know, we just have to know how to reach it. Because we put layers, like an onion, we put layers and layers and layers in them to protect ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, we have to uncover the diamond within. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it's true. 
And and so I, uh, you know, so I w- I just suddenly became a bit more of a rounded person. Cause I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a bit of a shallow person. Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't really have much to talk about. I just wanted to, you know, know when the next party was, and I could tell you what cocktail I liked and what dress I liked. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, my conversations were quite limited. Whereas I suddenly became this whole around a fuller person that had a very inquiring mind and was starting to do little things on the side as well as her job. Suddenly that became, a lot of men find that quite interesting. They thought, oh, so she doesn't just do a nine to five. She's doing, she's doing the massage work and she's, you know, she's now, she's renting out property and she's got a little lodger and she's doing this and she's doing that. You were interesting. You know what I mean? You were interesting. I became an interesting person. Now, I'm not saying that you, you have to become all these things that I did, but I had more to talk about. You were rather than just, you were yeah, clear. rather than just what my hair and nails look like. Or um, what's happening, what's happening in the world of, you know, yeah. cinema and film and, yeah. I mean, you've yeah. got to have some depth to you. And I think that's yes. not just with the men, I think with everybody mm. in life, because mm. I remember being in a, in a session once at a workshop and mm. we were all asked, you know, what, what makes, what attracts us to, to other people? Mm. Like what makes a woman beautiful? And I remember saying for me, a woman's beauty is, you know, when you sit down and you talk to her and you realize how much depth there is to yeah. her. Yeah. And I think that came with age because if you had asked yeah. me that when I was 22, I would have said, oh my God, her hair, her nails, her makeup, blah, 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 exactly. blah, you know, all that superficial exactly. stuff. But when you sit down and you talk to a woman and you realize that she, there's so much to her, whether it's her values or her morals or what mm. she's about, that makes her beautiful for me mm. at least. You know, yeah. and I think, I think that's a very, like you said, it's a very attractive thing because you, you mm. had more to you than just the mm. surface and that people yes. are attracted. People are always yeah. going to be attracted to stuff like that. Male, and, and it, um, yeah. And males and females were attracted to me. And I don't mean like in a sexual way, but yeah. women yes, are attracted to you as well because they think, yeah. oh, she's interesting. I want to know more about her. So I was attracting a wider group of friends and then suddenly they would say, oh, you're single. I have, I'm going to introduce you to someone and suddenly, you <laughs> yeah. know, people start to then conspire because they think, but she's so lovely and she's so interesting and there's so much to her and she's and still why single. why is she single? Yes. Exactly. So then people start to help you on your journey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened to me and I, I was introduced to my husband by a mutual friend. And now and that's what happened. married now? Uh, we've, been mar- we've been together for 11 years and we've been married for eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And did you and did you get to have the other child like you wanted? I did. I did. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we did. We did adopt. We um, five years ago we adopted a little girl. Wonderful. I love yeah. adoption. I think it's yeah. it's yeah. the purest form of love. You know, like to just it is to take in some a child yeah. that's not your own. That's that's like that's another level of unconditional love because a lot of people are so against adoption because they feel like mm. well what baggage is going to come along and, and you don't know. And, but I see it mm. so differently. I just think it's love. Like mm. it's, give your love and you know, to a child. That she, you don't she's, know. she's taught us so much about love and, and we could do a whole new show on, on adoption, to be honest, I can, but I can imagine. they, they bring a lot to the table and, and she's taught us a lot about love and she has such a sunny, lovely personality bubbly personality i've got no problems about her going out into the world and making a mark and it's when so, she's older and when mm. she's older she's going to realize what an unselfish mm. act it was yeah that her parents yeah. took her in yeah. 
and gave yeah. her love and a home and and taught her and nurtured her and she's going to be a beautiful human being as a result mm. Yeah. And so I just wanted to finish, because um, I know we're running out of time shortly, yeah. but um, I just wanted to say a little bit about also, so I started the Amazing Women Awards in 2017, and I'm looking yeah. to do another one in 2019. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate how big this was going to be. I thought it was just going to be a little thing. It was going to be supported by family and friends. Um, you know, and I had this little room that could fit 100 people. And my goodness me, I ended up having over 140 nominations from five different countries. Wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. And we had uh, sold out two weeks before the event. And I could have still sold tickets right up until the day of the event. Um, but the venue, we were restricted by the size of the venue, we doing 100 people. <clears throat> so I need to now go out and get sponsorship so I can get a bigger venue so we, we can do a bigger event next year. So putting that out in the universe (laughs) but talk to us more about that in particularly how did that come about where did that come from so that comes from the women that i worked with when i worked for local authorities um supporting women um in their communities to do things in their communities and i was thought these women deserve a medal they deserve an award because they were doing things with five thousand pounds that governments couldn't do with a hundred thousand Mm. okay and they were setting up projects they would do it they would literally mobilize in communities they were getting people to events so you would have a, a, an event you know you would have an activity or, or a, an initiative like a coffee morning or you would have a youth project you know or a mums and toddlers project and i'm telling you if it was set up by somebody from that community who just with a little help and support they could work wonders and they the budgets were so small and i used to get vips people from the government coming down to my projects and saying well how much you know how much did, did this cost us then um, you know was it 100 grand was it 150 grand i say it cost seven thousand pounds <laughs> you know they wow. didn't fall off their chair yeah because they were so resourceful yeah. and they knew how to get things done for nothing mm. um so these this was the talent that i was finding all the time in in different communities and i was helping them to improve their confidence and improve their financial um empower empowering them financially because most of them were women or stay-at-home mums and empowering them financially so eventually they could go off and have the career that they wanted to do but also at the same time leave a legacy or leave a project and train up other people so that they could look after that project yeah so these these are women that I, I believe are women leaders. They are they are women in leadership. And when you talk about women in leadership, we think of women working for NGOs or women working as CEOs or you yeah. know women working for big corporate organisations. But to, to me, a lot of these women were leading really fantastic projects, but no one knows about them apart from the people who live in those immediate areas. So it's always been my mission to shine a light on those type of women. And that's what the Amazing Women Awards is all about. And it was, and, and there is a real appetite for it. People really loved it. Um, so in order for me to keep it at cost, you know, so I tried to keep the prices low, £47 for a ticket. Uh-huh. And the women, so that, so that it's accessible to everyone. But in order to do that, I do have to have some sponsorship. So that's really what I'm focusing on right now so that we can do another one in 2019. But they absolutely loved it. 
and they can then go on and inspire other women to step up in their communities. Um, one of the things that I'm doing in my communities, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, is that I'm sponsoring my time so that I can get a community mural done, which is a huge artwork um, done in really a really horrible part of where I live. And it's underneath a railway bridge mm. and it's really dark and dingy and it's really disgusting looking. And, um, you know, I've been lobbying the council. We've been lobbying the rail company because it's over a railway bridge. And now we've got to the point where we're going to start that in July. So I'm so happy with that. Congratulations. So, thank wow. you. Yes. So, and again, this is something that I, this is my legacy. This is something I want to show my daughters that, you know, hey, this is what mum can do, mums can do. I do that in my spare time. I don't get a penny for it. I'm donating yeah. my time to do this because mm. I believe in something for my local area to improve my local area. Um, and we're, we're mobilizing quite a lot of people within the community to give their skills and time and talent to help paint this wall. So, you know, it, it's, it's been a labor of love, but that's what I've spent the last year kind of doing in my spare time and it's all paying off. So wow. I just want to inspire other women as well to say, you know, it, it can just be your voice. It can just start off being one voice. It doesn't matter. I hear so many people say, I'm just one person. What can I do? It achieves so much as one person. Um, and so this is one of the reasons why I've done the mural project is because I knew last year that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something about that railway bridge and um, it's taken a year, but you know, we're nearly there. So, and that was literally at the beginning, it was just me saying, something needs to be done, something needs to be done. And then eventually other people join in and then you, people take notice. So, because they sense your yeah. passion and your drive, yeah. and your energy, yes. and they want to be a part mm. of that. They want to be associated yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so, that, so that, again, that's another example of something that people can do. So I always say to people, just start off in your community, start off with the people around you. You know, people always say, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I want to do something. I want to be a coach. I want to be this. I want to be that. And I say, start off with the people around you, the people closest to you, and start to make improvements to their lives. It doesn't matter. You could be a gardener. You could be a coach. You could be a therapist. You could be a healer. You know, whatever it is that you do, you start practicing your skill with the people closest to you. Because eventually, they will be your biggest advocates. Yeah. yeah. It will be like having your own marketing team. Definitely. And Roz, what do you have to, because we touched upon this earlier, mm. you said, when we first started the conversation, you said you, you, you realize and you understand that not all women are there. So mm. why aren't a lot of women there? Why is that? Is it because they're not willing to surrender? They're not willing to accept that they have this story and move on? Like, what, what is that about? Based on pain. One word, pain. <laughs> is it too hard um, to move beyond no. the pain? No, the, the pain is not bad enough. You know, oh, if, wow. I, if I have a, if I have, um, I'll give you an example. I had a, um, a nagging ache in my tooth, okay? Mm -hmm. And I, it was nagging and it was annoying, but it wasn't that painful. Okay. So I lived with it, yeah? Yes. And I carried on living with it. And if I ate things like peanuts mm -hmm. um, and crunched down on that tooth, it would hurt. So what I did was I started to eat peanuts on the other side of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could live with it. And I lived with it for a year. But guess what? 
a year later, the pain got so unbearable. I had to call the emergency dentist on 11 p.m. on a Saturday night <laughs> and go and see an emergency dentist because I was in so much pain because I left it mm. so long. Mm. But it was unbearable and I had to call an emergency. So when the, the pain analogy. becomes... That's the yeah, analogy that's the analogy. When the pain comes bad enough, they will do something about it. But uh, if you can live with the pain, then you'll just live with it. But when and you, you know what they'll do? They'll self-medicate. They'll but eat, when you live, they'll when drink. You live, yeah, and when you live with the pain, you see so many mm. angry, frustrated, yeah. miserable yeah. women. Yeah. You know, and they take it out on their kids, on yeah. their loved ones, on their friends. Yeah. You see how they self-destruct and you just kind of have to sit back and watch because yeah. there's nothing you can do. When the pain becomes bad enough, they will do something about it. Sometimes it's an illness that comes mm. their way. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes it's obesity, or sometimes it comes out in different forms for everyone. Yeah, because but sometimes they, they, something because happens. The universe, the universe is going to give you something physical. It'll to give you something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It could be breast cancer. It could be getting yes. hit by a bus. It's exactly. always getting fired from your job. There's always yeah. something. But you know what I find though? There's some mm. some people, women and men, who despite getting those slaps in the face, mm. they mm. still don't get it. And I just think, <laughs> no, I've seen it. And you just mm. kind of have to wonder, well, what is this about? And maybe mm. you get so comfortable for, to, in, in the pain that it's comforting and you, you don't know any way out. You feel trapped. You don't know how to get out. It could be that too. You know, Joanne, it's really scary. It's so scary. It's like Same. asking someone to step into a black hole and yeah. not know what's in it without a parachute. I had yeah, someone it, today so tell me scary. that I had someone tell me today they, they don't like change and I thought, wow. Yeah. And I said yeah. to her, change is inevitable. You should embrace mm. it and love it. And she's like, But I know I suffer, but it's it's just the way I am. And I said, But you've got to change that. And she mm. just seems just refused and yeah. Like, wow, you're gonna suffer a lot if you don't accept that thing. Yeah, and, and and because people don't know what's on the other side, they don't know how fantastic it can be on the other side. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not an easy journey um, mm. to really look inside the depths of your soul and really do a lot of soul searching. Um, mm. So that's why some people call it the dark night of the soul. You know, where you really go inward and go on that inner journey, and then you you discover you know, what. All the, you unpeel all the layers, you do all the processing, and then, and then literally you do eventually find that place that you're really happy and comfortable with. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that my life is perfect. You know, we don't all uh, learn everything all at once. We're all a work in progress. We're all learning. Um, I'm still on my journey, and I, but I just think it's such a fantastic journey to be on. You know, I would not want to honestly do anything else apart from being in personal development training and coaching that's what i and now and now that you are on the other side and you see how mm. great it is mm. you are so passionate about helping other women to get there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and particularly women who've had trauma when they were younger or women who you know have experienced domestic violence either through a partner or as a child like i did um because there is a way out there really is a way out <laughs> but you yeah. know they do have to take that first step and say, yes, I want to embrace change. Otherwise, they will be stuck in it. And, but do you know what? Some people, it will be like that. And, and for others, they want to change, but they just don't know how to. So that's where I come in. But and for some people, they will never change. Mm, mm. Yeah, especially the older generation. 
of women, you know, the women before us. I think mm-hmm. it's so difficult for them as well because of how they were raised yeah. and, on, and so on. It might be easier for your generation, my generation, the millennials, Generation Z. But I think for older women too, it's very hard because they, 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 they didn't discuss feelings and emotions. And mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. like, you, you know, stiff upper lip, you get on with it. Yes. You, know, you have to do yes. it. And then you have a breakdown, you know? <laughs> So, but, so what do you mean by an older woman? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're a I, baby. Okay, yes. To you, I'm a baby. But then to someone in their 20s, I'm an old woman, right? Okay, so yeah. what I'm trying to say is older generation, like my mum, for example, who... Okay, what, what age is she? 70. And then like, you know, okay. her mum, my grandmother, who just turned 90, I mm. think, for their generation. So let's say yeah. women over, say, 65, for example. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. for them, change is this kind of conversation that we're having is not yes that generation did you know yeah no yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah i i you for for some older women it, it's the opposite they want to embrace change they they you know they've got what we call empty nest and then they're going out and they're traveling and they're doing all sorts of wonderful things and that's great if they've got their help mm-hmm. um but what you'll find is that after years and years and years of bottling up trauma and you know, not dealing with certain things, not dealing with certain issues, um, they can a- actually have ill health, um, you know, later on in life. Yeah. Um, so, so sometimes it, it depends on how they've lived their life, whether or not they've got that energy to embrace change as well when they're older. Definitely. So, so that was just one thing. And uh, and another thing I just wanted to say because I'm 51. That's and no young. one ever believes my age. Oh, that's young. That's young. You <laughs> but know, but now, no one ever believes me. Yes, you look very, very youthful. You've got glow. But I think that's because you're happy and you're in yes. a place. And yeah. sometimes you see some women and their age, they might be 25, 26, but they mm. carry the burdens and the stress mm. of an old, of, of, of an old, old, mm. bitter soul, you know? Yeah it in them and you just think my god you know and then you meet these women you read about them who are in their 90s and they're walking these marathons and they're just yeah doing yoga every morning and you think my goodness mm. what's going on yeah it's exactly. all in your mindset it's all in your yeah. attitude and you know so i've got <laughs> someone said to me today no you just you're just butterflies and lilies all the time and i said <laughs> no you know like don't mm. dismiss me i'm not mm. butterflies and lilies it's no. a choice it's a choice you know you can mm. You can sit there and constantly see yourself as a victim or you can take a, like a grab of your life and realize yeah. that everything that's happening to you, it's because the universe is trying to tell you something, but you're mm. just, you're not getting it, you know, you're yeah. not getting it. And um, that's so important. But you know, like you said, not everybody's going to get it. So it's okay. Not everyone's going to get it. And I, and I tend to work with people who sometimes the light bulb goes off and they go, wow, I need to change something. Yeah. Um, so that's when people would really um, come to me. Um, I also do a mixture of working with organisations as well to deliver uh, sort of getting people into jobs, so employability and job readiness um, courses. So that's kind of, again, people looking for something, people looking to either change their career or upskill, mm. you know, or, or get a job because they want to improve their financial situation. So, yeah, I, I, just, I just believe that... that just helping women in those key areas um confidence careers finance and health um health encompassing mind body and spirit to me that that's what i want to do i just want to travel the world telling 
and inspiring and supporting women to make those changes so they can have a fully rounded life and a happy one. Definitely. So what parting mm. words do you have for our community of lovely rare ones, Ross? I have, the parting word I would have is deal with your stuff. <laughs> do not bottle it up your, any longer. Stuff. And stop blaming, yes. stop blaming other people and deal yeah. with your stuff. Deal with your stuff. Take responsibility for, for things that have happened in your life. Let's start dealing with your stuff. If people want to have a chat with me, um, yes. They can contact me through the Amazing Women Global Facebook page or the Amazing Women Global Instagram page. Um, I'm always on there. Okay. So people can just contact me through that. Um, and I'm happy to have a chat with people. If they don't know where to start, mm -hmm. I've got lots of ideas. Um, I'm only one person, so I can't do everything. So I would love, it would be happy and wonderful for me to share some of my ideas with people. Um, one of my ambitions for the summer is to finish writing my book, which I started last year and haven't finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you will. Which is, which is the stories of the amazing women that, that I met whilst doing the uh, awards. So that is something, Joanne, I would love to come on next year to promote in that book. So Yes, yes. And yeah. we'd love to have yeah. you back on. Yes, please come, mm. come, come, come whenever yes. you like. Yes. Your energy, yes. your energy is just, it's infectious. So um, you know where to, we all know where to reach Ross mm. now. What about an email address? Can people email you or you prefer social mm. media? Yeah, I mean, I prefer social media because I, sometimes I don't see emails straight away. But I will give you my email address, which is Ross, which is R-O-Z, mm -hmm. at amazingwomenglobal.com so it's all one word ros at amazingwomenglobal.com perfect well ros it has been a pleasure speaking with you and before you go i just want to thank you so much for all the for just all the incredible work that you do for using your own story and the power of yes. your own story to help yes. other women um sort of uh, arrive at their 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 you know, defining moment in their lives as well. It's such important stuff that, that, that you do as a coach. And yeah, it's incredible. You're incredible. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Let, let's talk about a collaboration as well. Come on. We will. We will. We're going to collaborate. <laughs> but I'm only one person too. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I hear it. In, in due course, it's definitely... But if, if you want something done, ask a busy person. <laughs> no, I think... Um, you know, the, the stars will align and everything yes. will fall into place. But seriously, you are a beautiful human being. And just thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much. And thank you pleasure, so much. Pleasure to have you on. And again, thanks for all the work you do. And I can't wait to have you back on again. So thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing for women as well. And let's, let's get empowering and supporting them because they need it. It's our time. It's the rise of the feminine energy coming in. And I it's know. Our time now. It is. If you, if you Wonderful. don't. Have, if beautiful you don't. time to be alive. And, and to be a woman, and if you're not hopping yeah. on now and really mm. um, taking ownership of, of what's happening, because we're going through yeah. a serious transition, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 you really need to, to, to get in there. It's true. It's yeah, true. Definitely. It's true. It's true. Okay. So, and Thank you okay, so much. Lovely ones. That has been it with Roz. And I'm <laughs> certain that there's lots of things you have learned from Roz in this conversation. <laughs> and you know how and where to reach her. And Roz yes. For people to collaborate with her for her awards program so mm. please get in on that if you're interested and until next time bye for now bye, bye. Mm, take care